Hello. Hello. My name is Abby. And my name is Libby. And welcome to Where the Light Pours In. I say it like that every single time. You do. I like emphasize a particular part of the word, but I To be fair, right when we start out the episode, both of our voices get really high. They do. And like peppy, and then they slowly go back down to the normal octave. Yeah, it's okay. Throw off the podcast. It just, it makes, maybe it'll invite people to listen to our high-pitched podcast that eventually goes back down. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So how have you been, my my beautiful, wonderful friend? I've been doing okay. That's good. I like, I was able to do laundry and like catch up on laundry, so that's good. Um, so that helped my mental health, believe it or not. How have you been? I've been good. Okay. I have. I mean, I've had, like, a couple off days, but, like, overall, like, nothing, like, big or bad has happened. It's just been, like, eh. Yeah, you can still feel bad even though, like, there isn't, like, something you can point at and be, like, this is why. Yeah, and, like, I haven't felt, like, bad, bad. I've just felt, like, kind of, like, icky. Yes. Partially, I think that's because, like, the food has been... It had, yeah. Yes. And, like, my digestive system, like, however it's doing down there does I find have a pretty big impact on my mood. It does, which is like, isn't, I feel like that's proven scientifically. Yeah. Your my mother system. has told me that. <laughs> she, she, that's why she tells me to take probiotics. <laughs> okay, so I will, I will go ahead and ask you what your bright and dark spots of the week are. Great. Okay, so I'll start with my dark spots. Food has been very bad. Mm. I have been living off pasta to the fact, like, to the point where, like, I literally, like, went to get a sandwich the other day, and it's the guy that normally gives me my pasta with marinara sauce. And he Mm. literally said, oh, do you want me to add, I'm going to add extra turkey to your sandwich. Because he's concerned that I'm not getting enough protein. That's okay. He feels bad. That's that's nice. It is nice because he knows the food is shit. Yeah, that's true. And why I literally only eat pasta. Mm. Like last night, like by the time I got to the cafeteria, which was kind of late, like I got the vegan option and the beans on it were just like ice cold. Fun. It was like ice cold beans and I was like, I can't eat this. Like, I just, I cannot make myself consume this, because they were, like, gray. They were gray. Not the play. But my bright spot is I spent the weekend with my cat. Yes. And my boyfriend. Mostly the cat. How's Theo? The cat. He is good. Abby met him for the first time. I did. He is a cutie. Abby was very, very confused by his existence. I have not seen an animal in a very long time. I was like, wow, you're a thing. I was just not, like, I've never seen a cat so excited to, like, participate in human activity. Yeah, he's, he's, like, a kind of, he has, like, dog vibes. Mm -hmm. And I think I say that because my dog at home has cat vibes. They just switcheroo. That's okay. Switcheroo. But, yeah, like, he, the cat loves people. Like, he loves to play. He growls when he, like, has a toy in his mouth, like a dog. That's so cute. He likes tug-of-war. <laughs> He's a weird cat, but, like, that's good, because I feel like if I had a normal cat, it wouldn't, it would not mesh correctly. No, he works with your personality. Yes. So, Abby, what have your bright and dark spots been for the week? 
All right, so my dark spot of the week, I have not been on social media in about a week and a half because I don't know. Well, I know but I'm distancing myself and I realize that that's probably not the healthiest behavior, so I am making myself go back online today. Which Well, are you are you distancing yourself from social media or from people? From people. Okay, but so that's I do that, not yeah, the that's that's what I mean. Um and I do that via social media by like not responding to people. I have 25 DMs from Sexy. people I know. And um, the only social media platform I have been on recently is Facebook. Um, Love that for us. Yeah. Did you see that my town is in the news? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So that's what I've been up to on the dark spot. I have been a little distant from the people that I would be able to only keep in contact with via the internet. Um, as for my bright spot, I have been making a lot of jewelry. I've made about 12 bracelets, all saying random words. I'm not wearing one right now, but I was rocking the bracelet that said Pangea yesterday. Fun. So that is fun. Love that. I love jewelry. Um, otherwise, that is a good coping skill. It is a good coping skill. Um, I do it to avoid my feelings, but it could be a really good coping skill for other people. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's my bright and dark spot of the week. Very sad sounding, but it's okay. Um, do we have anything we wanted to say for the, for the correction corner? I don't think so. I yeah no. yeah. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode. One thing, since we did have our first guest last week, mm-hmm. you should hop over to our Instagram and leave in the comments what other guests you would love to see on the podcast and tag them because we want to make sure we have people that you are interested in on the podcast not just people we like found on tiktok (laughs) no but you're great johnny (laughs) yes we Um, thank you for being on our podcast we appreciated it so yeah if anyone has any more people they'd be interested hearing from we would love to reach out to them so let us know yeah moving on to today's topic it is anxiety. Woo! So, the Mayo Clinic says people with anxiety disorders have intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. Often, anxiety disorders involve repeated episodes of sudden feelings of intense anxiety and fear or terror that reach a peak within minutes, and those are panic attacks. And then, so, according to the CDC, 7.1% of children aged 3 to 17 years old approximately 4.4 million have diagnosed anxiety disorders. That's a lot of people. I feel like I say that every time, but that is a lot of people. And that's kind of the point of this uh, whole podcast is kind of just to um, reduce the stigma and realize that you're not alone. No, you're not. And like, yeah, (laughs) anxiety is one of the most common mental illnesses, especially in teens and children. So what I was going to hop in and say before we kind of get into the um, emotional part of the episode, I would like to um, specify that anxiety, along with last uh, two weeks ago, our topic was depression. And now that this week is anxiety, I just want to clarify um, that being anxious is an emotion that anyone can experience and anxiety is a disorder. So they're two different things. Yeah. Um, but they're not mutually exclusive yeah anxiety like the feeling of anxiety is normal and healthy and like you should feel it because it is part of our survival skills 
Like, if you never felt anxious when you were walking down, like, a dark alley alone at night... Fight or flight, my dude. You would probably have some other issues. Yeah. Like, it's normal to feel anxious in the appropriate time. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk more about what being anxious looks like or feels like, um, but anxiety disorders are diagnosable, and um, those are people who struggle with it yeah. in a more chronic way uh, it, daily. It disrupts your day-to-day life. Yeah. All of that fun, fun stuff. Oh, so fun. Yeah, that's kind of just our, like, just general, don't want other people to approach this situation without knowing that that's how we're referring to anxiety as the disorder. And we we definitely want to, like, specify that this podcast should not be used to, like, diagnose yourself. Mm -hmm. Always see a medical professional. Yeah, we're, neither of us are medical professionals. We do encourage you, if you are feeling these feelings... I recommend everyone see a therapist if they can. Yeah. You, don't, you do not need a um, diagnosable disorder to see a therapist. No, therapy is just so helpful for literally everyone because it's like a safe place that you can talk about all the not-so-fun stuff in your life Yeah, because everyone has that. Objective, objective opinions are very helpful, and hopefully today with our conversation you can kind of see... Um, be able to spot those feelings before they can, I don't know, we'll provide some coping skills that hopefully you can use to combat your anxiety or anxious feelings. Um, I will start off. So when did you first like experience anxiety? Yeah, so um, I think I cut this out of a different episode because I realized if my parents were listening. Um, <laughs> so when I was younger, my mom told the school that I had anxiety, but I had never been diagnosed with it. I was five years old. I, um, I mean, it makes sense now, but I had that in my record, and I was treated with, like, the general, like, 504 blend, like, literally not knowing what was going on, um, until I didn't even know what anxiety was until, like, seventh grade, sixth or seventh grade, and it was funny, because when I had my first panic attack it was it was a trip I um collapsed onto the floor in the fetal position not every anxiety attack or panic attack looks like this this just particular thing has literally stuck with me my whole life I could not breathe literally could not breathe um tears are streaming down my face I have developed a way healthier way of experiencing a panic attack um but that was definitely I thought I was dying yeah because I was like I literally could not control that. Someone might think it was just, like, a really bad, like, emotional outburst and behavior, but, like, that was not something I could control. No. Because external factors happened that occurred that made me feel such an overwhelming amount of anxiety that it literally debilitated me. And I was, I, I was, I'm an athlete. Like, I would have been fine. Like, if someone had, like, ran into me, I would be totally fine. I wouldn't even lose my breath. But I lost my breath when someone said I had to... Yeah, that was, it was just very weird. It was very, very weird for me. Yes, that sounds very weird and very (laughs) disconcerting. It is, and it doesn't make sense at first, especially when you don't know what it is. Yeah. How about you? So, I honestly cannot remember the first time I had a panic attack. I've been having panic attacks for as long as I can remember. Like, the first one I can remember was when I was, like, seven. I was sitting in my bed, like, hyperventilating Mm -hmm. and, like, sobbing. And just, like, feeling so scared. But, like, for no reason. It was, like, the middle of the day on a weekend and, like, nothing yeah. was happening. 
Nice. But, like, my brain was just, like, yes, this is how we are right now. (laughs) And, like, I just, like, anxiety attacks are something that, like, I deal with probably on, like, the weekly. And Mm -hmm. I have since I was, like, really, really young. Yeah. Like, and my anxiety attacks have definitely, like, changed. Mm -hmm. So, like, when I was younger up until, like, middle, early high school, they were very, like, out loud. And, like, I would They're, like, cry expressive. Yeah. And, like, shake. And, like, hyperventilate. And, like, want to scream. And then I, like, slowly transition to, like, the panic attacks I have now. I kind of, like, do the actual opposite of that. Where I won't hyperventilate. I will hold my breath until mm. I almost pass out. And I will just, like, completely tense up my body so I cannot move. Like a total... Um, what is that called? Factory restart? Like, you totally shut down. Yeah, like, I literally, like, I tense every muscle in my body. I will not breathe. And then I just kind of, like, slowly, like, loosen. Because mm. your body was like, what? <laughs> it's, it, and it, like, will just, like, kind of hit me out of nowhere. And then I slowly loosen. I'm like, okay, back to homework. Yes. That's, that's definitely, I agree with you. Things... Um, physical manifestations of anxiety definitely like change over the ever um yeah. I, I think that especially has to do with like how your anxiety has been like perceived by other people mm-hmm. and so like a lot of like my my parents used to not like like it would concern them that I was having these physical outbursts and since they didn't know what to do they would get mad at me because they thought it was like a behavioral thing mm-hmm. and Same. because of that my my brain literally was like, okay, so we'll just, like, keep it all inside. Yeah. Yeah. I would, like, the amount of times that I've been called a baby and, like, when I was, like, 13, I was like, I literally cannot control this. Yeah. Um, that definitely does a number on you, but when, in how you present your emotions and process or don't process your yes. emotions, um, has getting to college changed the way that you either experience panic attacks or anxiety in general? Um, not, I mean, I guess, like, I don't really realize I'm having them. Okay. Anymore. (laughs) But, like, I know I'm still having them because, like, I do have some not-so-healthy coping mechanisms that I do when I have panic attacks. Like, I, I, like, pick the skin on my hands. And as Abby can see, it has not healed. So clearly I am still having panic attacks. I just, like, sometimes I'll have, like, panic attacks literally, like, in my sleep. Oh. I've actually never heard of that. Yeah, so, like, I'll wake up having a panic attack. Gotcha. And, like, sometimes I just think it's, like, a bad dream. Mm-hmm. Until, like, two days later and I'm like, wow, so I, like, couldn't breathe. <laughs> You're like, oh, there we go, that's why. Yeah, because I have, I have some, like trauma so like I get nightmares and then I wake up having panic attacks yeah so like I think that's honestly because like I since I have a roommate I don't I don't think my like brain feels like I can have them during the day yeah because I don't want to like intrude on like Caitlin's space and like existence in our room so I just have them I guess now like in my sleep like I just like wake up periodically having them that's that's tough. I feel bad. I'm sure I I know Caitlin would be fine with it, but that's just your body being like I'm gonna get judged for it. That definitely, yeah. partially when you were younger, probably affected. 
Yeah. So how has your anxiety changed since you got to college, my friend? Um, I have, I've convinced myself like every other week that I don't have anxiety, but that could just be like a really deep state of denial. Um, even though I have multiple diagnoses with it now, but it's fine. Um, as for being in college, I don't really feel that much stress. It's more frustration with myself for not like being as on top of things as I can, which is more I would accredit to the ADHD. Yeah. But I've, um, like more recently, once I've had that ADHD diagnosis, I've kind of realized that they feed off of each other they really a do. heck of a lot. And like when I don't complete things, I'll get stressed. And when I get stressed, I won't complete things. It's just a really vicious cycle. It is. And I think, I think that's like a really important thing for like anyone with any mental illness combination to remember. Like they do, they interact <laughs> they hand with hand. each other. Like for me, my depression and anxiety are very interconnected. Mm-hmm. So when I start getting more anxious, I get more depressed because I, when I get anxious, I, I get when I got, like, really bad anxiety, it's very debilitating, so I don't want to go out, I don't want to, like, do anything, and then I get depressed because I'm not going out, and I'm not doing anything. Yes, yes. And so, like, the times that I've had really bad depressive episodes, it has always been started with, like, very, very severe anxiety. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it starts, and then it, like, and then when I get more depressed, the anxiety lessens because I'm depressed. Yeah. And then when the depression lifts, the anxiety comes right back up. It's a very weird cycle with any combination. And now that I'm like, I feel like college puts it in, into perspective a little bit differently because you're entire, not entirely independent, but you are um, not you're with transitionally the, independent. Yeah, and also like the people that back at home could like sense if something was wrong. Not saying that people at home could sense that something was wrong, but. Um, they can probably hold you more accountable than someone who's rarely in the same in the same space as you if not literally you're both sleeping like yeah. that kind of thing it is just a very weird way to have to handle anxiety and also yeah. anxiety comes in many forms like you have the social anxiety you have um yeah you have I'm, I don't OCD, know why I got stuck on that you have like like there's so many different anxiety disorders too mm-hmm. and like so, like, no person's anxiety is going to look the same. Exactly. Like, and, like, your anxiety is not even going to look the same throughout your lifetime. Like, the stuff that used to make me anxious when I was a kid is so different than the stuff that, like, gets my anxiety going now. hmm And so, like, it can be really easy to, like, compare the anxiety you're dealing with now to the anxiety you used to deal with and be like oh so like I'm not anxious right now because like it's not what it used to look like and that's what anxiety is like anxiety is something that's like ever evolving just like any mental illness like it's going to evolve because you're growing and changing Mm -hmm. and like evolving as well yeah because I know you mentioned earlier um like how your body physically manifests anxiety mine is very different but it also used to be more along the lines of like picking out my skin like the amount of hangnails I had as a kid like was all caused by myself but um now it's more I physically start to shake 
but for no particular reason in my brain that's one of the things that kind of like makes me recognize that I'm having that kind of reaction to something I'm like oh wow my hands are shaking and then you start to feel like your heart beating out of your chest or you what um my mouth gets really dry for some weird reason and then what is that other thing because you're breathing heavier I do this. I know no one can see this, but I like... Oh, yeah. It's, you tap your thumb against all four of your fingers on your hand. Yeah. I do it, too. It's very soothing mm-hmm. for some reason. And like, I, like, play hot cross buns on my hand all the time. If you're wondering, that's usually the pattern I'm going at. Oh, hot I just buns, go... One a penny, two a penny, hot cross buns. <laughs> I do one, two on my index finger, one on my middle and ring finger, and then two on my pinky, so it's... Two one one two two one one two two one one two two. See, we all have like a pattern. Like I didn't even realize that this was like a way that I like, like that was like a I guess indicator of anxiety. It's it's a really good way. My body just automatically did this. It's a a very good way to ground yourself Mm -hmm. because you're like having to like do something with your hands. You're like I'm real. (laughs) You're like I'm real. I'm like that's because when you get anxious, it's really easy to like not feel in your body and like secure mm-hmm. and so like doing like little things to like even like keep your hands busy so like you're not picking at your skin mm-hmm. or like a lot of people peel the skin on their lips or like will twirl their hair or pull their hair I used to rip out my hair I used to like twirl my hair I used to pick the skin on my lips a lot when I was a kid and bite my nails and so like doing like little hand things like that like is such a healthier way to cope with those feelings of anxiety than like picking at your skin or your hair or biting your nails because like they're just not nice things to do to your body yeah no not the play not the play but physical manifestations of anxiety are very um I guess telling of yeah. I don't know it's important to recognize that it's a part of anxiety it's not just how your brain is feeling it also physically can cause you to Perhaps yeah. curl up on, in the in a ball on your kitchen floor yeah. before field hockey practice. So, have you had like any like very like big like physical manifestations of your anxiety that aren't like when you're having like a panic attack, but just like from chronic anxiety? Um. Well, I know you mentioned bottling up emotions before. Yeah. So that made um. I, that does that happens for a lot of people when you bottle everything up. It's, I explain it in the way that it's like a little soda bottle thing that you just like fill up and then some, and then something happens. It literally doesn't need to be stressful. It shakes up and then everything pours out because yeah. that's not and necessarily it goes everywhere. everywhere and it affects everyone around you and yeah. yourself. So I, um, when I was, a lot of things were happening sophomore, junior year and, um, I didn't process any of those emotions. I was like, not important. And then they would physically manifest when I would play field hockey, I would have um, tears streaming down my face and hyperventilating, not in the form of an anxiety attack, more just in like the, my emotions just it came was, out. It was like a safe place for it to come out because you could play it off as something else. Yes. And my coach was like, I had to get my coach to take me off the field because I started like actually not being able to breathe because I was running and hyperventilating at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, this might be a problem. I, I used to do <laughs> stuff like that. So, like, I would bottle up my emotions, too. And then at, during swim practice, I would just be swimming in my lane, and there's nothing to do when you swim except mm-hmm. think. And so I would just start sobbing it's, it's like while the swimming. <laughs> and, like, 
I couldn't breathe because, like, I'd be sobbing, so I'd be gasping for her when I, like, tilted my head to the side and, like, breathing in water. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really not, it's not the play. And then because of all of that, like, I was bottling up so much of all those feelings, I would get really fun stomach cramps to the yes. point where, like, I literally, like, I was, my doctors found out that I was giving myself an ulcer. Nice. Because of the, like, just pure amount of stress I was holding in my digestive tract so I would literally like I would have stomach cramps so bad that I would physically not be able to stand up and I would have to be in a ball on my bed covered in heat packs because like if I stood up I would sob and scream like I couldn't walk Mm -hmm. it was like like anxiety is like no joke a lot of people are like oh yeah it's just like it's fine because so many people have it Mm -hmm. and like since it is like an emotion people are like oh well I'm anxious sometimes and it's not that bad but like it can cause like serious like even physical health problems exactly especially when you aren't like dealing Dealing with with it in a healthy way Mm -hmm. like it it if you are not dealing with your anxiety, your anxiety will make itself known. Yes. In, like, every way possible. hmm <laughs> You're right. You're right. This is yes. <laughs> I had something to say, and then I lost it. That's okay. So, when you are experiencing any form of anxiety, or, um, yes, any form of anxiety... And it starts to kind of affect the way that you approach relationships or being around other people. Because we both talked about kind of distancing ourselves from people. Maybe to not hurt them if we do, like, lash out or to protect ourselves or, I don't know. Just some reason that your brain convinces you is the reason you need to not talk to them. Is there a way that you communicate with those friends or family or people or even teachers that email you? Um, (laughs) Is there a way that you can kind of approach that and be like, to be honest... I'm falling apart. <laughs> I mean, I think it depends. It depends on the person. Like, okay. if they've been really mean to you, like, I've had teachers who have been, like, awful to me because they think I'm just, like, slacking off mm-hmm. because I want to. And when they did, like, email me in high school, I'd be like, yeah, I have PTSD and a diagnosed anxiety disorder. So, like, that's why I'm not doing okay. But I love that you just assume that I'm a terrible student (laughs) and, like, guilt them into it. I would not recommend doing that. That was probably me lashing out a little bit. Yes. But, so the healthier way that I'll do it now is I'll just, like, text people and I'll be like, hey, I am anxious, so if I don't respond, it's because I just need to, like, collect myself and, like, Mm -hmm. have a little bit of, like, space. And that's okay. Yeah. And then... Even better, what I do is, like, I will call my boyfriend or, like, be around him when I'm anxious, and I'll just, like, force myself to, like, have anxiety in front of him because, like, I I still feel like people are going to be like, oh, you're a baby, oh, like, it's just an emotional outburst, and it is, like, it's trippy but in a good way to your brain when someone just, like, is there and they just, like, love you through it. hmm And, like, that does a lot of things to, like, kind of, like, break down a lot of, like, the negative pathways in your brain of, like, oh, I... Because, like, when you have anxiety, you generally have a lot of, like, internalized stigma. Yeah. 
And it does a lot to, like, break that down. That's really good. I should be writing this down because I literally <laughs> just asked that because I don't know how to ask that to a therapist. Thank you, Libby. <laughs> You're welcome. My seven years. Good I've for been you. in therapy for seven years, on and off. But yeah. Good for you. Like I'm not in therapy right now. I should be in therapy right now. Yeah, I don't. I don't typically ask questions like that, but I literally do not. Didn't know a good way because I never know how to handle that situation oh it's I've tried so so many things and it's so awkward like there it's gonna be awkward no matter what and I think that's something else you have to like realize like it sucks and is awkward and terrible no matter what way you do it yeah because you do have so much of that like internalized stigma of like I'm just making this up Mm -hmm. because I can't handle myself emotionally yeah. But, like, that's not the truth. You have a debilitating mental illness. <laughs> cute, fun, fresh. <laughs> Very cute, fun, fresh. Um, in what way do you feel like anxiety has, like, most affected your life? Like, in what area? Um, I would say academics which is so lame because like I don't have I can I do not have a social anxiety disorder yeah I um am fairly proficient and in that realm and I I don't have any sort of anxiety towards people it's more towards my I equate my value as a person sometimes to my academics or my workload whether that's school or physical like the job I have yeah. And I would literally get nauseous every time I had to drive to work um, back home. Not um, not my most recent job, the two before. Um, <laughs> just want to clarify that. Um, I, I don't know. I just, like, it, I think it's what I said before, the ADHD anxiety combination. Un- both of them undiagnosed, literally fighting at each other to screw up my life more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they, like, play off each other. Yeah. In, like, the worst ways. It just wasn't a cute mix, and it really made it difficult to even find, like, the motivation to do things, but also, like, not find my value in not doing those things. It was so, it's very icky. Yeah. But that, um, that makes doing work very weird for me now. Yeah. Or not doing work. And it will always be that way. I think that'll be a permanent thing. Like, I will approach assignments very weirdly, and not just like, oh, it's something I have to do. It's more like, a literal uphill battle yeah. even if I am medicated for things or even if I am receiving therapy and help like that doesn't um, like that's a permanent kind of change that I think is just a mentality that I need to find a way to change but I don't know how like and I think it's it's like the thing like stuff like that is just like a bad habit that your brain mm-hmm. has gotten yourself itself into of like it's like it's a bad thought it's the path. pathways it's like a bad pathway and it's so hard to break those pathways but it it definitely is possible you just it like sucks for mm-hmm. such a long time because you have to just like keep self-correcting over and over again and it feels like you aren't making any progress because like it takes so long to make a new pathway in your brain mm-hmm. and like so much effort because like you're having to like make your brain think in a whole different way yeah I so like the other day I was talking to Eleanor my roommate um, yes, I'm talking about you. Um, the, and I, she stopped me because I, I apologized for doing something. I don't even remember what it was. And she was like, you apologize 
all the time and I was like maybe and um so now now I'm realizing that that is literally like something my brain goes to automatically I don't know if it's a defense mechanism or just something I literally apologize for anything where I might think I made someone or something possibly a little bit a little bit uncomfortable I will apologize profusely and generally mean it and then everyone's like, no, don't apologize. I'm like, this is just something I do. I'm sorry that you took that, like, literally. And, like, it's just very weird. Yeah. That is definitely a way that my anxiety, I, I don't know if that's anxiety, but it presents that way. Do you do that? Uh, I, I think that's, like, more oldest daughter syndrome. Shh. Where, like, you feel emotionally, like, responsible for, like, everyone else around you. Mm. Even though you're not. Yeah, I feel like my friends back home literally were just so used to it that they never, like, stopped me. And now I'm recognizing how often I say it. Yeah, I mm, I used to say sorry for ooh, everything. Everything. Like, I would, like, someone would bump into me mm-hmm. and, like, spill food on me. And he'd be like, I am so, so sorry. I was in the way. way. <laughs> 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 this is another installment of Living Now. You're secretly the same person wearing mm-hmm. two different skin suits. Exactly. But, yes. Uh... And I, I realized that was partially anxiety, but I think it has more to do with your own self-esteem because <laughs> you, I didn't feel worthy taking up space yeah, and making people slightly uncomfortable for, like, my own well-being. Maybe. Because, like, I was like, oh, well, I don't matter. And, like, everyone else matters more than me. Mm-hmm. And... Like, I still, I still am not the best at it, but I have gotten a little bit better in, like, valuing myself. That is a lot of therapy. That is. And it definitely... A lot of tears. Yeah. It definitely does affect any sort of anxious feelings or symptoms when you approach things with... Even if you don't have anxiety, like, the way to think of it is, like, if you approach a situation and you don't feel comfortable in that position, like, if you're given, like, a presentation that you have no preparation for... Like, that's how it feels. Like, it, like you don't feel worthy or ready to handle that situation. Yeah. And I feel like that sort of self-esteem issue goes hand in hand. Literally everything affects anxiety, and anxiety affects everything. Yeah, anxiety is a little little bugger. It just, like, is in, it, like, sprinkles its stuff into every Always other there. mental illness you have. <laughs> and, like, there's not really a good way to, like... <laughs> address it yeah. without having to address all of the stuff that's in your brain which yeah. makes it harder to tackle but not impossible mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we want to make sure we're kind of like either reinforcing or leaving everyone with is I know that there are so many different types of anxiety and anxiety disorders but there are, um, you're not alone we told you the statistics before. You're definitely not alone. No, and also you you've are got the two of us. Uncomfortably not alone. Not alone. <laughs> um, there are too many people in this room. Yes, but I we're trying to give you some ways to either handle these emotions in a positive way or um, find solace in other people experiencing these feelings. Yeah, because yeah, you're not you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Like, that's the one thing about anxiety is everyone feels anxious sometimes, Mm -hmm. even if you don't have an anxiety disorder, which is, it makes it nice because it's really easy to empathize with everyone, Mm -hmm. because everyone knows what it's like to, like, feel Feel anxious. anxious. Like, 
and that's something not a lot of mental illnesses have. True. So I think I think this is this is one where I think all of us can make a big impact in like helping break down that social stigma because like everyone everyone has experienced anxiety. Yeah. At one point in their life. We can be vulnerable together. Yes. <laughs> so I feel like now we should jump into our coping skills slash coping mechanisms. Do you want me to explain each one of these? Uh, Abby will do the spiel. Did I do the spiel at the end? Okay, yes, true, okay. So, let me do a little spiel first before we share coping skills and coping mechanisms. Um, Coping skills and coping mechanisms can be used interchangeably. They mean the same thing, but they are literal tools to cope or manage a extreme emotion or event or problem, um, not cure that said emotion, event, or problem. Yes. We're here to cope not to cure these are things that have either worked for us or other people and um, they typically apply to the topic at hand and this week is anxiety so these are coping skills or mechanisms that we find particularly um, either important or useful to know and that we would love to share with all of you wonderful people and if you do participate in any of these coping skills or have any of your own feel free to reach out yes definitely so I will go first with mine. So the coping skill I have is something you should use if you're having an anxiety attack or really, really intense anxiety feelings. So like an anxiety attack, a panic attack, all of those. These are all great. So it's called TIP, T-I-P. There's another P, but we're not going to talk about the second P because that's too confusing. So T-I-P, very easy acronym. Temperature, intense exercise, and paced breathing. I'll go through them all quickly. So for temperature, you will want to put either like an ice pack on your face and the back of your neck for like 30 seconds and that will activate this fun thing called your dive response. And you're gonna trick your brain into thinking you are diving into icy cold water and it will slow your heart rate down and help kind of like manage that like really intense like physical feeling of like flight or fight. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is intense exercise. Again, you're tricking your brain into thinking you are flighting or fleeing from the situation. Like you're literally like hacking your brain and being like, okay, I'm doing what you want me to do. I'm gonna go do some sprints outside. <laughs> and like it'll again, your brain will be like, okay, I'm out of that situation. I can calm down. And the next thing is paced breathing. And so when you do paced breathing, you want to breathe in for five seconds, hold it in your body for three seconds, and then breathe out for seven seconds. And you always want to make sure you're breathing out longer than you breathe in because that activates your vagus nerve and that will calm down your heart rate. I love how that knowledge was in your brain already. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I have done seven years of therapy, Abby. Sometimes doubled up. Gotcha. Sometimes tripled up. I am a walking um, DVT handbook. (laughs) That is a really good coping skill. Have have you used that coping skill many times? I've used all of them. I so when I was in high school and I would have like anxiety, I would go to the nurse and I would be like, I need an ice pack because like you don't have to explain. You can be like, oh, I hurt my neck, Mm -hmm. and you just put it on the back of your neck and it's cold. And it helps ground you, mm-hmm. and it helps, like, 
calm down that anxiety feeling. And it's kind of like a fidget toy after because it's like smart. slushy and like in that like weird bag. And so like it serves a lot. And like that was the one I used the most. And then paced breathing I also do because mm-hmm. that's pretty easy to do at home. And you just remember five, three, seven. And like it slows your breathing down to like a below normal rate which is key because that gets your heart rate down. And then intense exercise, I think that's the hardest to do when you're, like, out in public. Yeah, no, you can't just, like, go sprint down the sidewalk. <laughs> but, like, sometimes I get really anxious before I go to bed, and I would at home just, like, go run mm-hmm. for 30 minutes in my neighborhood when I was like, I just cannot stand still, and I'm just going to be pacing in my room, so I'm just going to go run for 30 minutes and just, like, I would, like, literally, like, sprint a block, walk a block, sprint a block, walk a block, until, like, my heart rate was down. Nice. <laughs> so, like, I I do use and love all of these skills, and it's pretty easy to remember because it is just tip, T-I-P. Yes. Yes, it is. So, I'll provide um, my coping skill, and I will admit both of us had a little bit of trouble finding healthier coping skills because this is definitely a more... Um, There's a lot of coping skills, and a lot of them don't work for everyone, but these are the ones that kind of work more for us. Yeah. So um, the one that I'm going to talk about is you do need, like, either internet access or technology access, but I make playlists all the time. We assume you have internet access because you are listening to a podcast. podcast. Yes. So. I will. I, I just love making podcast uh, not podcasts I do like making podcasts too um you have good taste in podcasts if you're here but um playlists I can actually make podcast playlists believe it or not but music playlists can I like name them for like the mood I'm in I have one that says um late night um minivan car drives and like that's a very specific memory but I have all of those songs associated even if I didn't listen to them like with that vibe so like when I'm feeling stressed I can either look back at those playlists some of them make me happier than others I will not suggest listening to sad music um when you're sad (laughs) sometimes sometimes it is good though like like if you can't cry that's very helpful I literally like would sometimes so I, because again, we both have issues with bottling up our emotions and mm-hmm. not dealing with them. So if I sometimes, when I like used to have a bigger issue with it, when I feel the littlest bit sad, I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna break up the sad movies. I'm gonna break up the sad music. I'm gonna like force myself to feel it because mm-hmm. like it's again something you have to get in the habit of doing. Yeah, I watched Bridge to Terabithia like five thousand times when I was younger. Um, <laughs> So, but when you do have, like, emotions that you um, maybe don't want to cry about. Or, or like, feel out of control. Yeah. It, like, either creating a playlist or, like, organizing your songs might feel like you're organizing your emotions. Just that, like, therapeutic, like, just, like, typing either a song in and then adding it. Like, that is very, like, rhythmic. And it definitely can help calm people down, especially listening to music in general. And then when you're creating something for yourself, it's kind of a form of self-care, too. Yeah. And you can, like, make... You can especially... I'm just going to curate a playlist that, like, makes me feel happy. Mm -hmm. Or, like, that makes me feel safe. And you can, like, really, like... It's like making a list of, like, all those things. Because music is so connected to, like, emotions and memories. Mm -hmm. Like, you can be like, oh... I'm gonna like remember this like one really happy time because I listened to this song with my best friend. I'm gonna add it to the playlist, mm-hmm. and like you get to like have that memory, 
like and experience it and kind of go from there So those are our coping skills slash mechanisms for this week's episode. Do you want to? So I will now do the spiel. So since you've made it to the end of this wonderful, beautiful episode, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Go rate it on Apple Podcasts because that helps us out a ton. Um, Go share it with all of your friends who have anxiety or have felt anxiety, which is a lot. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has felt anxiety at one point. So you should share this with everyone and anyone you know. Parents, grandparents. I'm sending this to my grandparents. Yes. I, yes. So send it to your parents, send it to your grandparents, send it to your mom's weird friend. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, is interesting, but you love her. Like, send it to literally everyone you know because it would help us out. Much. Put it and on your town resident Facebook page, please and thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, and then make sure you head over to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and follow the Bright Organization. I would say TikTok, but we're not really good at TikTok, so you don't have to follow us on TikTok. But if you do, if you, you if you want to, Go feel ahead. free. <laughs> we have some mediocre content. Exactly. But make sure your Instagram and Facebook are the two biggest ones that you should be following because that is where we post all of our good resources and information and updates about everything. Mm -hmm. So if you want to keep up with us, keep up with us there. And again, I just want to remind you, subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and make sure you go give it a good rating on Apple Podcasts. Awesome. Yeah. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And we hope this podcast helps you find where the light pours in.